0: Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Tom here. I recently returned from a camp where I gave some talks to a bunch of teenagers who are mostly unchurched. The talk that you're about to hear is one of the five talks that I gave while on that camp. If you've been enjoying this podcast, it would be great if you'd be willing to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts so that more people can find it and enjoy it. Also, if you want to read my blog or find more sermons, find a Bible study I've written, or book me to preach, then you can head to tomfrench.com.au for all that and more. Finally, I've actually been getting a lot of downloads from Japan lately, which is exciting, but also makes me wonder if I'm getting hits from some strange Japanese sermon listening bot. I'm a little curious as to what's going on, so if you happen to be a Japanese listener, send me an email at tom.french@live.com. that's tom.french at live.com and help me solve this mystery. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the talk. So when I was a kid, I always really wanted to join a club. I thought clubs would be the coolest thing ever. My uh, cousin and I, we started a midnight snack club, which when I slept over at their place, we got up in the middle of the night to eat a midnight snack. That was the whole club. It wasn't a very good club, but we did enjoy the midnight snack. Uh, (laughs) uh, then, uh, Then I also joined another club, and this was a club where to join the club, the entry was pretty difficult. You had to write a letter and send it to the club, and then they let you join their club. It was pretty hard. And the club was called The M Team, and this is a picture of The M Team. It was a very cool club, as you can see. The M-Team, the M in M-Team stands for milk and it was a club that was all about milk and we loved milk in the M-Team club. We would have t-shirts like this, I was never cool enough to have a t-shirt like that but I really wanted one and we would get newsletters about milk, we would get cartoon strips sent to us in the mail about milk, it was a really, really good club. But it wasn't the most exclusive of all clubs because it was quite easy to get into. But so I did some research, I was like, are there more exclusive clubs out there than even the M team? And I found one, this is uh, the headquarters of a club called the Beefsteak Club. The Beefsteak Club is a club where there are only 14 people in the entire world allowed in the club. And it's for people who really love beef, particularly (laughs) beefsteak. And so they go to this club, they meet in the clubhouse, then they eat some steak, And then after that, because they love it so much, they talk about the steak. And then after that, they sing about steak. (laughs) And that is what you do in the Beefsteak Club. You also get this medal. This is a medal, and on it, it says Beef and Liberty, because they are the two most important things in the world. So that's the Beefsteak Club, a very exclusive club to be part of. I found another club, which I didn't find a picture for, but in this club, it was called the Thai Ejection Club. And this is a club where if you are flying your fighter jet and you crash your fighter jet and you eject out of it, if you eject out of it and survive, you get given a tie. And you get to wear that tie around. And if you see anyone else wearing the same tie, then you both know that you have wasted millions of taxpayer dollars (laughs) crashing your fighter jet and ejecting out of the seat. And there you go. So there's that club. Now I tell you this because I think that some of us, feel like to be part of God's family or to get into heaven is like entering a club. All you need to do is just find the right things you need to do to enter God's club, to be good enough for God, to be acceptable to Him, and then you can be part of God's club. Maybe you've got to be good enough. Maybe you've got to give enough money away. Maybe you've got to not swear enough. Maybe maybe there are all sorts of things you've got to do, but you've just got to be good enough. But, when we read the story that we had today, we see that entering God's club, getting into heaven, becoming part of God's family, is different. It is a different way to become part of God's family. When you see the story that we had, you've got these two criminals who are executed at the same time as Jesus. And the way that the Bible talks about them, it talks about them as rebels. Probably they were people who were fighting for the liberation of Israel. They were probably terrorists. That's what They would go around and they would find Romans and they would execute them uh, so that uh, they could convince Rome to leave and then Israel would be free. So you've got these two terrorists who are being executed next to Jesus. One of them is hurling insults at Jesus and the other one, Uh, At some point he realizes that Jesus is actually a good man. That Jesus is a man who is dying and he doesn't deserve to die. He's someone who is being put to death for doing nothing wrong. And this man realizes that he, this man, he himself is deserving of his death. That he has done things wrong and he deserves to die but Jesus does not. He recognizes that Jesus is an important man, a king. A king in the kingdom of heaven and so he says to Jesus he says Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus answers him truly I tell you today you will be with me in paradise this guy manages to get into heaven even though he is someone who is probably a murderer we don't know exactly what he did but he's probably a pretty bad guy And he gets into heaven by just saying to jesus jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom that is injustice because he shouldn't be allowed in he shouldn't be allowed into god's kingdom it's injustice when i was in year 12 like you guys are my school spent a lot of time telling me how important the hsc was they were like the hsc is the most important thing you will ever do in your life. You have to do well in the HSC if you want to do well in life. They said, if you do well in the HSC, you can then get get, get into a good university degree. And then when you get into the good university degree, then you can get a good job. And then once you've got a good job, then you can have a good life. But if you do badly in the HSC, you won't get into university, which means you won't get a job, which means you will be homeless for the rest of your life. You have to do well in the HSC. It is that important. They were, they didn't quite say it like that, but pretty much they were saying, if you fail at the HSC, you will fail at life. And I was like, this is stupid. That's not true. It was like the HSC is not that big a deal. My life will not be defined by four numbers with a decimal point in the middle of it. And I was like, I am going to give up on this whole HSC thing. And so I decided, I was like, the HSC is dumb. Now, I don't encourage what I did next, but this is what I did. I was like, I'm not going to try hard in the HSC. I'm just going to turn up. I'm going to do the exams. I'll get them done, but I'm not going to study. I did study a little bit. I studied for six hours, and most of that time I spent on the phone to a girl that I liked. Uh, I don't know why that's funny. But I spent most of the time on the phone to her, and that was it. That was all, all the study I did for the HSC. And then I got into the exams. For the exams, I thought, I'm not going to try that hard. I'm going to try and have a good time. So me and my friends, we would pass, uh, every, before each exam, we would text each other three words that you had to put in the exam. You had to put, and if you could get it into the introduction or the conclusion, you got even more points. I remember for uh, the HS, for, the, for my English exam, the three words were hapsack, which isn't a real word, and uh, raspberry, and carbonated soda drink. And so I put, I put those words, I know there's carbonated soda drink is three words, but I put them into all the essays, into the introduction and conclusion. I totally won at that game. I didn't really win at the HSC, but I won at that game. <laughs> the night before my... 3 unit geography exam i slept in the front yard on a banana lounge because why not and then i decided i'm not going to get my hsc results for 10 years because i'm going to show them that if i don't open my results and in those days we got it in the mail in a letter we had to open it up but oh you could look it up online but you know the internet you had to wind up so it was easier getting it in the mail and so I was like, I'm not opening it for 10 years because I'm going to prove to them that the HSE does not define you. And so for 10 years, I left it. And then after 10 years, on the 17th of December, 2010, I opened my HSE results. I had a party. I invited everyone over. We had a band, and we opened my results, and we read out the results. And, and everyone was like, oh, you are mediocre. <laughs> and, but there was, I had a friend there who she came to the party and she did her HSC at exactly the same time as me and she worked hard. She worked really, really hard. She studied hard, she, she put in the time, she, she put in the effort, she went into the exam, she didn't play the dumb games we were playing. She was like, maybe I will only if I can find a way that'll make sense. She never got any of her words in, she was useless. <laughs> she worked really hard and she was at the party and then when my results got read out she was like you did better than me how did you do better than me and you didn't try she was angry and she should have been she was like that's injustice and it injustice. it's dumb because all i was doing was using whatever natural ability god gave me to recall facts and write them down on a page and i did better than she did when she put in the effort she should have got a better mark than me she should have got like 99 for effort i should have got under 30. that's how it should have worked but life is not a just life and when we look at what's going on with jesus and this guy on the cross this guy gets into heaven and he has done nothing to deserve it i didn't deserve my hsema he does not deserve to get into heaven he is a bad guy and he did, not, he did nothing to deserve it, but he still, Jesus lets him in. And I think the way that we often think about getting into heaven, being acceptable to God, is kind of like the HSC. Like if you get a good enough mark, then God will let you in that if you are a good enough person, God will say, hey, come on in, welcome to heaven, it's great to have you. And the way we often think about it is probably we say, the the pass mark is probably about where I am. Like, I'm not the best person in the world, I'm not the worst person in the world. It's probably about where I am. The people who are better than me, they're definitely going to heaven. The people who are worse than me, maybe they're not going to heaven. I will probably get in. That's the way we see it. But... When we look at what the Bible says, it tells us there is a whole different mark needed to be acceptable to God, that God asks for a higher mark than the one that we have. Now we might think that we are good people, that we are pretty good people. Like if I am a good person, then probably I can turn up to God and say, God, I'm good enough, why don't you let me into heaven? And a good person, not a perfect person, but a good person probably I would say only does one thing wrong a day. And I suspect that you guys are probably pretty good people. You look like good people. I've interacted with you this week. You seem pretty good. You probably only do one bad thing a day. Like maybe you tell one lie, you say one mean thing, you punch one old lady in the kidneys a day, just (laughs) one thing. Now if you do only one wrong thing a day, that's not that much. And in a week, if you only do one bad thing in a week, Well, then, like, that's only seven bad things. That's not that much. And in a year, that's only 365 bad things. I mean, that's a bit. That's not that bad. Unless it's a leap year, then 366. a little bit worse. But let's say that you live 80 years. And for the first two years of your 80 years, you can't really do anything wrong because you're just a baby and a toddler. But then once you hit the two years old, maybe you can start doing wrong things. But you still only do one wrong thing a week. Sorry, a day. Well, I did the maths on that. And you would then do 28,470 things wrong in your life. And then you would turn up to heaven and you'd say, hello, God, let me in. I haven't done much wrong, only 28,470 things wrong. That's not very much. And God would say, that's 30,000 things wrong. No, you cannot come into heaven. That's pretty bad. Like if your friend stole a dollar a day off you and then said, hey, I stole a dollar a day off you. Forget about it. You'd be like, no, that's $30,000. That's a car. I'm not forgetting about it. You need to pay me back. So why is it that we think that we would be good enough for God? Now, if you guys are as bad as me, then you probably do more than one bad thing a day. And you're your pass mark has got to be pretty low if you want to be acceptable to God. But what the Bible tells us is that to be acceptable to God, it's not about being just good enough. It's about being perfect. That you need to be absolutely perfect to be acceptable to God. You do nothing at all wrong. And then you will be acceptable. Then you'll be welcomed into God's family. And that is a bar that is too high none of us can be perfect even if from now on you never did anything wrong you still wouldn't get be acceptable to god because you know you have done stuff wrong in the past your past the past mark is way too high for us so what do we do how are we acceptable to god how does the bible say that we can be welcomed into god's family well when you look at this guy who's dying next to jesus When you look at what he did, he did not live a good life. And he did nothing good for him to be saved by Jesus. He was stuck on a cross. There's nothing he could do. He couldn't get down and help old ladies across the road or go and feed the poor. He was just stuck there. So what is it that meant that he could be acceptable to God? It was Jesus. It was what Jesus was doing at the cross that made him acceptable. It was Jesus saying, I will take the punishment for what you deserve upon myself so that you can be good enough. So that you might be forgiven because I have taken your punishment. The things that you have done wrong, I will pay for them. So that I, my perfection will be given to you. And that criminal on the cross can be acceptable to God because Jesus makes him acceptable. The only thing he needed to do was say, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. The only thing we need to be acceptable to God is to say, Jesus, remember me. And we can be forgiven for everything that we have done. For the times that we have lied, the times that we have gossiped, the times that we have hurt people, the things that we've done that we are ashamed of that we don't want anyone else to know about, God knows about them and He will forgive you if you just say, Jesus, remember me. It's not about what you do, it's about what Jesus has done. It's, about not, it's not about you, but it's about trusting in Jesus. Now, I am someone who likes to go on planes. I enjoy flying, uh, particularly my favorite flying to do is international travel because I like to go on a plane for a long time. But sometimes when you do international travel, uh, there's always a stopover or you have to wait in an airport for a while because you've, you know, you had to go and check in early. And if you're like me and you're a pleb, then you just have to sit around in the airport and sit on those uncomfortable seats and wait till you can get on the plane. But if you are someone who is an important frequent flyer, then you can go into the lounge. And these lounges, oh, they're nice. The Qantas lounge, it has free Wi-Fi and free food and nice couches and free drinks and even a shower if you want it. It is a nice place to go. And I know about these lounges, like, I would love to go to that lounge. I would love to be welcomed into the lounge the Qantas frequent flyer lounge if I could go in I would go a day early I would go a month early and then not pay rent for a month and live in the lounge before I could flew out I would love to go there but even though I want to go I cannot get in I am a frequent flyer I'm not a frequent flyer but I'm a frequent flyer when I signed up for the Qantas frequent flyer program I got it and said you are a frequent flyer a bronze member and I was like bronze That's pretty good. That's like third place. There's only two people above me on the podium. That's pretty good. And then I found out that there's actually like four people above me because it goes above bronze, above gold. But anyway, if I am a bronze member, everyone's a bronze member. And so if I turn up to the frequent flyer lounge, it's like, let me in. I'm a bronze frequent flyer. they would say, you cannot come in. You are a bronze frequent leaver. Goodbye. (laughs) And then I would leave. But... I have flown with my father, and my father, he is, he had to do a lot of flying for work. So when he was flying a lot, he wasn't just a bronze frequent flyer. He wasn't just a silver frequent flyer. He was a gold frequent flyer. He was the top of the podium, except for those people above him. He was the top of the podium. <laughs> and that meant he got access to the lounge. He got the free Wi-Fi and the free drinks and the comfy seats and... This is a photo of him in the lounge. Look at him working hard on his laptop and talking on his phone. Well, when, we, when this photo was taken, the way I got into the club was because I went with him. We went up to the, the thing and he was like, I want to come into the lounge. And I said, Oh, okay. And then he handed over his card and I was like, Oh, welcome, Mr. French. And they looked at, him, Welcome, Mr. Gold French. Welcome to the frequent fire lounge. He's like, I would like to bring my son. And they're like, great, welcome Mr. French, and welcome Mr. French. And I went into the lounge and I hung out in the lounge. There is my Coke and there is my free ham, I think. (laughs) And I had a wonderful time in the lounge and I didn't get there because I earned my way there. I was not a good enough person to get into the lounge. The only way I got into the lounge is because he took me there. It wasn't because of me, it was because of him because I knew him, because I went in there on his merit. The reason why we can be acceptable to God is not because we earn our way there. We cannot earn our way into God's family. We cannot earn our way into heaven. We can only look to someone else who can do that for us, and that's Jesus. Jesus who has lived a perfect life. Jesus who died a death for us on the cross. Jesus who... Took the punishment that we deserve so that we might be forgiven. Jesus, who had the, the perfect mark so that we could be welcomed into God's family. It's Jesus who makes us acceptable to God. If you want to be someone who is forgiven for your sin, if you want to be someone who is welcomed into God's family and you will never be let go, if you want to be someone who knows that you can have eternity. And know it safe and sound that you are with God then all you need to do is look to Jesus and say Jesus remember me I trust in you Jesus and if you do that he will welcome you into his kingdom today you will get forgiveness today and you will have your eternity given to you for sure because of what Jesus has done on the cross for you will you put your trust in him I'm going to say a prayer now and if you want to you don't have to but if you want to you can say this prayer with me and then if you say it we'd love to chat to you afterwards and in this prayer I'm going to tell you what it is so nothing gets snuck in and you know you don't find yourself praying something that you didn't want to pray for Uh, we're going to say we're going to say dear God uh, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong thank you for what Jesus has done for me at the cross Please forgive me. Please help me now to live for you. That's what we're going to pray. So if you want to pray that prayer and commit yourself to Jesus, you can do that now. While we close our eyes and bow our heads, you can pray this prayer silently in your heart to God if you want to. Let's pray. Dear God, I'm sorry for the things that I have done wrong. Please forgive me. Thank you for what Jesus did on the cross so that I might be forgiven. Please help me now to live for you. Amen.